raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Catch and shoot three on the way. Yes, sir! Welcome to the NBA! Brandon Miller. Cross into the area, headed onward. Save Kalina! Hello, ball. Pick and roll with Mark Williams. Goes over the right hand. Bank shot. Good. Got it and a foul. It's Frankie Louvu, the leading tackler and a fan favorite here in Charlotte who made the play. Sports Today with your host, Jeff Ritter. And Grace Grill today at a special time as Mac and Bone continue their vacation. They will be back on Tuesday, the 2nd of January, ready to rock and roll for an entirely new year. And, and uh, I guess a lot more intrigue in the offseason for the Carolina Panthers, Grace. They still have a lot of things to take care of. Yeah, but it was it was good to see them look like they figured it out on Sunday against the Packers. I think that's what everybody was hope was looking for was hope. And they, they what, delivered in that. Here's what I like most about Bryce playing so well in the last, I don't know, 40 minutes of that game this past week. If he can put together anything close to that over the final few weeks, don't you think that that attracts a higher quality of head coach who all of a sudden goes, hey, maybe there's something going on there? Yeah, and I think we... I. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we in the media see what see what we're just in in game, right? Like we react to what we see on the field where these guys that I'm sure these guys that are considering the head coaching job, they watch a lot more. I know they watch a lot more film than me because I don't particularly watch film, but um, they they know like they either they either think he's got it or they don't. So I don't I don't think the game and, and honestly, the Bryce Young stuff, knowing what we know now about all the dysfunction that was going on in that building during his rookie year while he's trying to figure things out both on and off the field, I do think that plays a larger role than we initially thought just knowing what we do now. So, yeah, but I think they got to get somebody in there that can work um, cohesively with him and and help him to uh, to progress. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, 15 finalists for the 2024 class uh, for the Hall of Fame, for Pro Football Hall of Fame, was announced. And no surprise, Julius Peppers, who is one of the most dominant players defensively that I've ever seen play in person. He is there. Antonio Gates, another big name, kind of helped redefine the whole tight end position. Uh, but I, I kept going down the list and down the list and down the list and noticeably absent. And I don't think just for Carolina Panther fans, I think for almost anybody, Steve Smith, not on the list. How does that happen? Like I get Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne. They help lead their teams to Super Bowls. They've put up all time numbers. I'm not mad at that. I saw Andre Johnson play, and he's a stud, and he belongs in the Hall of Fame at some point in time, but he was not better than Steve Smith. I mean, just going off some of the numbers here, it says, uh, of the seven semifinalist receivers, Smith leads that group with almost 50. He has 14,731 all-time yeah. receiving yards. Like if, he, he led the group, and, and he's eighth all-time in that category in, in the league. But this – like. I don't have an emotional connection to watching Steve Smith play because I I didn't watch him play growing up and didn't follow his career or cover his career like you guys have. But even not having the emotional tie to him playing, it's like the stats are there. And we operate in with with this kind of thing. It's like the numbers don't lie type thing. 
Yeah, all I know is Julius Peppers was a game wrecker, and Steve Smith on offense was a game wrecker. And consistently throughout their entire careers, and you talk about the stats that back that up for Steve Smith. And look, I've got nothing against our guys like Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt going to the Hall of Fame. Because, you know, Torrey Holt was a big key to the greatest show on turf and a couple of Super Bowls. And Reggie Wayne was a big part of Peyton Manning's success and going to a couple of Super Bowls and winning one. And I get, I don't begrudge those guys. And I always liked Andre Johnson, thinks he's a quality receiver, but he's not better than Steve Smith. You're saying just like how, like getting in before him almost. Yes, he's just not, he was not more impactful. He was a, he too was a game wrecker, but Steve Smith is, if, if you don't want Steve Smith on your team anytime, anywhere, no matter who's on that team, then I can't help. I mean, just the, just the personality and the, and the the fight, right? Yeah. It's just fun to watch. But he lifts the team up. You think he's going to, oh. Do you think they hold the the Super Bowl against it? Because I, I was trying Maybe. to read up. I'm like, okay, well, wh- what's going on here? Because it just seems so crazy. And it's like, well, I don't think it's them holding the Super Bowl against it because he showed up in the – like, look at his postseason numbers. Like, even his postseason numbers are incredible. One of the best postseasons ever that yeah. year when they made the run to the Super Bowl. The other thing that, fad, that has to factor in here – and look, I, I think that all three of the finalists are really great receivers – Look at the quarterbacks these dudes played with. Torrey Holt, Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. Reggie Wayne, Hall of Famer Peyton Manning. Uh, and then, who else? Oh, Andre Johnson. I mean, look, Andre Johnson's Andre probably Johnson the one. Propped, he propped up an offense all like, by himself. I'm look, not man, mad at him. Love, J- love Jake. I-, I think he's a guy that probably doesn't get enough credit for the type of career that he had here. Are we comparing him to what Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt had at quarterback? Come on. Come on. I was trying to find the the postseason stat that I saw last night. Here, oh, here it is. It was the 03 season. Smith's 404 postseason receiving yards were the second most ever behind Jerry Rice's 409 and 88. I just want Steve Smith on my team anytime, anywhere, any place, especially in football, because how many guys brought a toughness to that position? Yeah, he was like the football version of the enforcer. Like I, the other guy, the only other guy that I thought was maybe as tough, uh, two guys that come to mind that just were tough and they would block and they would fight you and they would do anything they could. The only other guys that are even in his class in that regard that I remember watching uh, would be guys like Heinz Ward or maybe an Anquan Bolden. But I still think Steve Smith is a better receiver than both those guys. Yeah. Oh, now you're talking my language. Heinz but Ward, all, all due respect to Heinz lost. Ward, who I think is terrific, too. But Steve Smith would take footballs away from defensive backs on 50-50s. Like, that is mine. Yeah, you don't see – you rarely see that breed in the NFL. I mean, I know the game's changed, but that's that old that old smash mouth on offense or defense type football. Yeah. So I just had to get that off my chest because I know Steve is a part of what we do here at WFNZ, and that's not why I'm making the claim. I've loved Steve Smith as a football player before – I ever covered the Panthers. And if you couldn't watch what that guy did and not recognize immediately, he was a a game wrecker, a difference maker, and somebody that you had better figure out a way to deal with on defense or you're going to lose, then I can't help you. You don't, I, I can't help those people. How people who get paid to watch football can't see that is, it's hard for me to comprehend. I know that there's snubs every year, but that one's, I, I can't even comprehend that. To me, for a third Steve Smith is a first year. ballot Hall of Famer. Well, and that's the other thing, right? 
we're not even saying he he definitely has to be into the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to be in. I think most people do, and you guys as well. He isn't even a finalist. How is he not even yeah. getting to the final round? This is three straight years. You're right. Like, you thought at some point, okay, first year seems like a mistake, but okay. First year, who knows why? Maybe it's the person. I have no idea. Like, is that it? Is it the older people are just like, oh, my God, I don't like his personality. I don't understand it. Like, is this guy, is this guy T.O.? Like, that was not that was not the type of personality that Smitty had. And I even with T.O., I don't see how that's a factor. Like, you're not putting the guy, the, the person themselves into the Hall of Fame. And Steve... Steve is not a bad person. Anybody that thinks that, I mean, you yeah, need of to... all the stuff that you could consider off the field stuff that might think you would keep somebody out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He doesn't touch that. He doesn't have any of that. So I just, I don't understand. It makes no sense. It sounds like a vendetta. It does. I mean, seriously, I don't understand what, what, what these guys are looking at. Like the stats are there. Uh, the personality I think is great. Like who, who wouldn't want to listen to his speech up there? Like everything is telling you this guy should be a Hall of Famer, and yet he can't even be named a finalist at this point. It's like, what does one of the other receivers have to get in? Is that is that what it's going to take? Because please, put one of them in then. Yeah. Robert Herbaceous, who's a huge Steelers fan, does not have – and I am i don't think I was discrediting Heinz Ward. I was saying same type of player. Like, yeah. tough, hard-nosed, make great plays – I know there's a long list of guys at the wide receiver position to get in, but if you don't want, I want guys that are as tough as they are talented on my football team and any football team. And I, th- I think, I mean, everything goes into, into consideration, but I think it's league wide. And, but even you look at the Im- impact from an individual franchise, he, he just, he checks all those boxes. Uh, I just, if we're not going to bang the drum for him here in Carolina, I don't know who's going to, and I don't even know why people have to, but that's what we're going to do, I guess. I guess that's what we're going to do. I don't know the other way around that. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, Carolina-related, did you see Charlotte's own Jair Alexander oh my just gosh. appointed himself a team captain for the Green Bay Packers. I didn't even realize it at the time because I don't pay I didn't know who the that happened are. during the game. I mean, obviously, we're in the press box, so we're not looking at, oh, who's out there doing the captain so, thing. Jair Alexander decided on his own, hey, I'm from Charlotte. I'm going to go out and be a captain and call the coin flip that he almost, almost screwed, screwed up. up. Yeah. And so now he's been suspended. And a lot of people, I heard a lot of people saying, well, why wouldn't you just find the guy and not suspend him with a key game coming up against Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings? And the reason is, Grace, like, fines don't mean anything to these guys anymore. There's so much money available. Fine is like, it's like, like a, a, it's like a traffic ticket. It's yeah. a traffic ticket. Which the is, only yeah. thing that gets somebody to say, you can't just name yourself a captain and go out to the middle. Well, of apparently the you can because it happened. <laughs> Uh, Matt LaFleur is like, uh, do we have that cut of Matt LaFleur talking about that, Flounder? Uh, yes. <laughs> Here's Matt LaFleur, the head coach of Green Bay, discussing this after the fact. That's, uh, that's a, a big mistake. Um, you know, that's something that you review with the guys before they go out there every time about, hey, we win the toss, we're going to defer. I did, um, went to the officials before the game, make sure they knew that w- what we were going to do. Um, we had an incident early 
earlier this year um, where we had a similar situation. So I'm always trying to be proactive in, in that approach. So you're talking about Trump's whatever is said? Uh, I think, I mean, I don't think they ever want to get that. I've seen it in other games where they don't want to, uh, yeah, I would say yes. Is, is he a last-minute addition to go out there as a captain? Yeah. By you or by himself? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even want to. He was trying hard not to throw Jair under the bus, but at the same time, stay in your lane. The, the, co- the coach is so worried about that, obviously, that he goes to the official beforehand, Grace, and says, hey, whatever goes on, I just want you to know if we win the toss, we're deferring. Jair Alexander says, defense. And and the, the referee saves him and says, you mean defer. And they're like, yeah, I guess whatever. <laughs> That's how it went. Oh, my gosh. And you know what's so crazy? So they actually, somebody on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it these days, has a, a, um, a tweet. I guess it's one of the reporters that covers the Packers, but it's it's his... Um, his post game, like, like, like in the locker room and he's asking him about this and he's just so like, yeah, I did this. I, I don't think he knew I was from Charlotte. So that's why he didn't do it. And I was just like, what, wait, 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 like, is that how this works? Like you have to be the city. Like, do we go, do the Panthers go down? Now I did read about this cause I was like, this, this cannot be this crazy. It is that crazy for those wondering, but they, I guess they're naming the Packers have been naming captains week by week. Like, I guess that is something that they have been doing. But his his main quote after the game was, I don't think coach knew I was from Charlotte, as if that was a requirement for you to be named captain. And I don't know if he needs to hear this or not, but like maybe those antics are why you weren't named a captain. The thing that's interesting to me, though, is that the guys that were named captain, they went along with it. Like what? Like, why weren't they like, dude, get the heck out of here? What are we doing? Probably just in the spirit of trying to get along. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, I don't know. But that was that was a new one That's to me. Every so time I soft. think I've seen everything, I have clearly not seen everything. Yeah. That one's that brand new. Just, yeah. Uh, wow. Let's check out. Coming up in a moment, we'll take a quick time out. We will check in on the uh, t- WFNZ text line presented by the Carolina Men's Clinic. We'll do that in a second because there's a lot of good stuff coming in. And surprisingly, Grace... Surprisingly, a lot of people who've traveled to Europe, they see where I'm coming from. They we'll talk about that next here on Sports Radio 92.7 <laughs> WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I got a good one for you, Grace Grill. Let's hear it. 404 on the uh, WFNT text line presented by the Carolina Men's Clinic. Where's my sound effect for that, Flounder? Where's my Where's my text line sound effect? There we go. Now I feel better. You're slipping. Um, he's this this listener says I. 
<laughs> They're coming in that quickly, I might add. Uh, this listener says he forces his wife to listen to us every day and we're in the car from time to time, which is not always her thing. Says she loves hearing a female voice on the station, not always white males with no diverse views about sports and other topics. Keep the grace on the station. She is good. Well, thank you. Wait a second. The grace. You're the grace now. We have a female voice on the station, Willie. Oh, come on. Now, why, why do you Everybody have to go there? Everybody is so mean to him. Why? What was the point of that? People like it. The reviews The reviews are in. We like poking fun at Willie. That's my guy. I'm going to stick up for him. Oh, well, okay. All right, all right. Too. Uh, I love having Willie on. I love having Grace on. I love having Ashley Strohline on. I love having Vashti Hurd on. I think we do a really nice job of having a lot of different voices on We've here. got awesome... We got Wes and Walker in the afternoon, and Kyle in the afternoon too. This is great. Um, I think we try to get you guys' voices on as often as possible. Yeah, I do think we can always do better, but I like it so far. Um, Doug says Steve Smith sucker punched two teammates. Enough said. I don't think that's going to keep it. I mean, are we going to go? Are we really going to get into practice fight? Like, guys, stuff happens in practice. I mean, look, that's not a great moment. But There's like, a lot of stuff that happens that we never find out about in practice. These, this is a rough, tough sport. I'm not condoning that behavior, but stuff happens. Well, especially like now, you probably don't see it nearly as much. Because there's always cameras. Somebody's always filming you, you know, especially like in training camp and everything like that. Back in the old day, I mean, come on, man. You telling me there weren't some Hall of Famers? Like, every Hall of Famer that's in... The hall, like in any Hall of Fame, if you go through any of them, there are going to be people that you would say, eh, probably not the most quality human, like Ty Cobb yeah. in baseball. You telling me that's an all-time guy? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. All right. Uh, what else do we have going on the text line? Oh, Grace, there are a lot of people, numerous, that uh, that whenever they're traveling in Europe, they intentionally go check out like some of the American chains just to see what I was curious about, like is. Is it completely different? Is this a totally di- like? I was just curious. I I had never seen a European American fast food place before, and I was just completely curious of what it would be like. You know what? That in a weird way, that kind of warms my heart that you guys are so purely American that that intrigued you. But I just need us to be a little bit more cultured. <laughs> well, it's not like I didn't eat the rest of the time. No, I know that's just there. so that's just so funny. Well, but you you said that you were there for ten days. Some of these people, if you're if you're going for a shorter period of time and one of the meals that you are eating, you're wasting it on a, an American fast food chain, I might add. We're not talking like fine dining, chilies, uh, you know. <laughs> Come on. It's, uh, I don't even I don't get it. I'm not a big fast food person here. Like, I just, it's just not something I, I eat a whole lot of. If I if I do, it's going to be Chick-fil-A just because I think that's yeah. oh, the there best. We go. Yeah, but yeah. I will, I will, every once in a while, I will crave McDonald's fries and I'll just go get fries and then everybody thinks I'm a psychopath. Like, you <laughs> went to McDonald's just to get fries. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, see, I, I like that move. Here and let me let me even provide more context. So we were at we we're in Vatican City and we had toured the Vatican itself all morning long. Yeah, and then and then we were going to um, uh, the adults in the group. Most of us were going to go tour the catacombs that night, which you have to yeah. set up months and months in advance, as you probably know, Grace. And so we had like 90 minutes just off the side there, off St. Peter's, uh, off the square. And I just happened to look up, and there was McDonald's there, and we were killing time. I'm like, I wonder what that's like. And that was it. That was it. 
So we had some French fries, and uh, we the, the kids in St. Peter's Square. Oh my goodness! No, it was just off St. Peter's Square. Yeah, it was just around the corner. So you went to the you went to the Pope's McDonald's. Yes, that's, I'm sure <laughs> that's, that's where, where Pope, Pope goes. That's, that's where you, he, he was just sitting, he's you, sitting in there just enjoying a nice think, Big Mac. Do you think at any point in time the Pope has ever just said, hey, can you guys run down and grab me a Big Mac? I don't know. They have a, they have a, uh, I was, funny you bring that up because I was just reading. My, my dad actually just bought, I was home for Thanksgiving and my dad had bought, um, the Vatican has a cookbook out and it's like all the legendary meals of, the Vatican chef's meals that they prepare. So I don't papal know. Papal dishes is what it's called. The papal dishes. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty and good. And again, Some to be clear, 95% of my meals for those 10 days, probably 97% of my meals were authentic, local, Italian, real restaurants. I'm, I got to be honest. I'm starting to not believe you because you're getting very defensive. Oh, no. I can show so. you pictures. I okay, can show you the okay. pictures. That's the... That's the best, right? Where, like, the Italian way oh. where they bring you out, like, five bowls of soup before your yes. actual meal and you're like... Before your meal actually comes out. Oh yeah, you gotta pace yourself when you're yeah. at a meal over there. That's yeah, it's like goes. Thanksgiving every day for them over there. Yeah, and and you know what, my my sons who are not great eaters, they both woke up to pasta while they were over there. Now that's all they ever want. It's never the same. It's not as good as it was there, but that that they woke up to that. That I helped them out pasta. quite a bit. So it was good stuff. But nah, no, it was fun. Uh, I will go do it again at some point in time. Um, I wish we could go every year, but that's just not how the world works sometimes. <laughs> anyway. Not easy uh, to get over there. So when no. you were in the Netherlands, Grace, did you eat a lot of Americanized food or were you a big Dutch food girl? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Americans in Europe, this is hilarious. So the Dutch, I wouldn't say are known for their, for their food. I apologize to anybody who this is offensive to if you're of Dutch heritage. It's gross. Like they, it, they... A lot of it is cooked in oil like there. It, it's just not great. And my dad, this was our our first move of being away in Europe. And my my dad wanted I mean, he's an American like he wanted he wanted steak. Right. And it is so hard to find. Like we can go to Costco. We can go to the grocery store and get or whatever. And we can cook our own steak or we can go to a steakhouse over there. It is like the hardest thing to find like a just a good size steak. So my dad, not knowing the language, not knowing anything just went, he was so fed up. He was, he was missing home, missing America. And he was like, I, I just, I, I need a steak. So he walked in to the grocery store and just bought the biggest piece of meat that they had, not knowing, not knowing what it was. Well, me, I had been in school for a little bit. And so I had picked up some Dutch and could read a little bit. And I was right. I was a big horse girl growing up. I rode competitively and I opened the fridge and I see the the packaging of this meat that we were having for dinner. And it says parcha, which is horse oh, in Dutch. No, no, I no, no. lose my ever loving mind uh, over this. And my dad had no idea what it was, uh, right? Like it was just a big piece of big piece of meat. And he was just like, he was having none of it. He was like, I, we're eating this. It doesn't matter. Like I, your, your feelings are going to be hurt because we need, I need some good piece of meat. My mom used to like, we used to go to the Hard Rack Cafe in Amsterdam just so my dad could get a decent burger like once a month. <laughs> just talking about it. an American being lost in Europe. Oh my no, God. I get it, man. It's all good. I'm it's scarred. Good. I'm scarred by the horse story now. Yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> man. 
All right. So uh, we will talk more about uh, sports here. You know, the one thing we haven't really talked about the last couple of days, did North Carolina, speaking of basketball, not football here, founder, did they get back on track at the Jumpman Invitational by beating Oklahoma? Uh, well, I got to tell you, I don't really think they were ever off track. Now, that's just my personal opinion. He's had a RJ just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring in bunches. I think Baycott was the ACC Player of the Week in the last we checked, wasn't he? Uh, no, it was RJ again. RJ, I mean, he is on fire. Um, I mean, he, you could see it. This is this is something that happens with a lot of Carolina guards over the years. Is once they as they go throughout their career, they start developing, especially as scorers. And now, I mean, look, if it wasn't for Zach Eady, you can make the case that RJ Davis is playing the best in college basketball. I mean, he is on fire. He's hitting big time shots all over the place and he did it again the other night against Oklahoma. So, I mean, yeah, you, you're feeling pretty good. They return to action uh, tomorrow night against Charleston, Charleston Southern. Southern. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, it, it's, I mean, I feel pretty good about where they're at. I was never one of those guys that was panicking because they played those games close I felt like Kentucky was one you probably felt like you should have had because of the veteran experience. But at the same time, I mean, look, maybe it's because of what we've seen the last few years, really the last four or five years prior to this season. But I I find it hard to be very negative about where they're at because I think the way they look right now and if you look at the rest of the ACC, it's setting up where they could potentially – win the ACC regular season if they continue to play at the level they're playing. I mean, just look at how they've been the past couple of years, though, to start the season. And then, like, what do you call them, a second-half team, right, where they they turn it on at the right time. I just think that they Well, last year they flipped that that switch a few times and nothing was happening. It was uh, apparently a faulty switch. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, and and in 20, see, the one I go back to is you go back to the 21-22 season, even though they make the run to – the national championship game in the regular season. I mean, yeah. some of those games early in the year, like they played Kentucky that year, they lost by 30. Like it, it, so it's a completely different feel. You feel like this team is together. You feel like this is a group that you can be confident. in. And I thought the other night, one of the things you really liked that you saw from them was they finally showed you something in the half court defensively all year. Like for you go back to that Florida state game. Only reason they won that game was because they had to start going full court press because they couldn't yeah. defend in the half court. That game the other night in Charlotte, that looked like a team that can compete defensively in the half court. And that's all we're asking for because they can score it. And against a good Oklahoma team. Like it wasn't against a Charles. Like if they would have done this and right. bounced back against a, Charles, a Charleston Southern, then okay. But the fact that they were able to do that against Oklahoma, it, it carried a little bit I mean, they, they have two wins over top 10 teams already. Like you could yeah. say whatever you want. Like people are saying, people were pointing to me and saying, well, Tennessee has three losses. Okay. The losses are to Carolina, which if you're a Carolina fan, of course you should want that. And then maybe the top two teams in the country as of right now, Purdue and Kansas. So, I mean, that's a good win. And you blew, you, you were blowing them out in the first half. And then, yeah, Oklahoma was undefeated. So, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about where they're at. Uh, the other team that uh, maybe they've gotten back on track too. How about Duke in New York at the Madison Square Garden, knocking off number ten Baylor? They've now won three games in a row, and as we talked about yesterday, Grace, they'll be playing against Queens University this week. Yeah, weekend. is that that's Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Man, that's gonna yeah. be uh, that's just a, one. I think that's just exciting for Queens to be. 
to be put in that, to get that experience. And just especially with what they're trying to build over there, um, what, second year now in Division One. Yes. Right. I think yep. last year was the switch. So I think and, and just being here in Charlotte and in a basketball state and going up and competing against uh, and they threw Clemson in there, too. They played at Clemson the other night. Um, obviously, just not the not the talent level and the program isn't where they are. But I think that's I think that's just a great experience for them. Well, and it's the second team from Charlotte. Remember, Charlotte, the 49ers actually traveled up right. to Cameron earlier. So that yeah. you, you see that. It's rare. Duke does it sometimes. You see it more with North Carolina. But it's cool to see some of the smaller schools getting to travel and play in some of these historic venues. Well, yeah, and because the, the, the kids that go to – to Queens and to UNC, like most of them, when you say are local, mm-hmm. are local or in state at least, like though uh, they probably grew up Duke or UNC fans, and I think that's a big deal for them to just say, hey, the school that I now attend is actually playing Definitely. these other schools. Like I just think it's just part of the conversation. Yeah, well, ask uh, Walker Mel about that, where he's going to join us in about 15 minutes as he and uh, Wes get back from vacation, too. And he, he does a lot of Queens University basketball. One thing that's interesting about Duke, and this is the favorite thing as I was looking stuff over this morning. Do you realize that they are now, what, um, about 10 games into the season? 10, 12? I'll have to, to figure it out in a second. I think they're 10. 10 most teams are like 10 or 11. Yep. They're 8 and 3. They're, they're 11 games in. They're 8 go. and 3. They've had... Six different high scores in those in those eleven games, Flounder. That's dangerous. That's going to serve them well mm-hmm. as the season progresses, I think. Well, the other thing with them that you always have to take into account is, of course, they are always going to be incredibly young. They have a lot of different guys each year, especially you know this year they they've got some really talented guys, but it's not nearly as talented as some of the classes they brought in in the past. They don't have that headliner like a Zion. Um, you know, some of the other big names that they brought in. So it's going to take time for them to mature. That was a big win for them against Baylor. I know Baylor, I, you know, I kind of wonder how good of a team they really are because you saw them get blasted in their previous game as well. But at the same time, I mean, I think as the season goes along, like people that wanted to count Duke out because of the way they were struggling offensively and say, oh, well, this is going to be a Duke team that struggles. Like, I just, I can't see it. I, I think Filipowski's way too good of a player. I think they've got so much young talent that'll grow up. And I truly believe where we sit right now, I I think it'll probably come down to Carolina Duke at the end of the regular season for the ACC regular season title. I think there's other teams that could factor in, but if I, if I had to say right now, I think those are probably the two best teams in the ACC. I think that's so good for college basketball. I mean, even me growing up. Oh, outstanding. Up, and for the ACC itself. That's oh, yeah, huge. 100%. And I, I mean, even for me growing up in, in the Northeast, like I, people were Carolina, you were either a Carolina or a Duke fan. Like that's, that's how many states away? Like we all tuned into ACC basketball and you, you were, you leaned one way or the other of Duke or UNC. Like my next door neighbors growing up, like that's what we argued about. They were Duke fans. I was UNC, oh, you know, like that was that's right. that's what I'm talking about, <laughs> but, oh, but that was, uh, now we've got the sound effects. There we go. But that's, that's just, it's such a brand outside of the, the state of North Carolina as well. Yeah, so some games coming up, uh, you know, this weekend, and and then we kind of go full tilt into conference play, really from the the end of the first week of of January to the rest of the season. So I'm looking forward to that, and it's going to be interesting to see how much this young Duke team has grown up. 
during the time that they've had here to kind of throw everybody out there. But I mentioned all the different leading scores they had. Now, Filipowski is their main guy, obviously, and he's been their leading scorer in five of their 11 games. But Caleb Foster led them in a game. Mark Mitchell led them in a game. Proctor had 22 in the win over, over LaSalle. Jeremy Roach scored uh, 20 to lead them at Georgia Tech in a loss. McCain scored 21 against Charlotte, which we had just talked about, and then he was leading score against Baylor, too. Well, how about you, you referenced that Charlotte game. The thing that most impressed me with, with the Niners in that game was that they held Kyle Filipowski to five points in that game. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, yeah, you see other guys that, that'll step up. They'll be fine. I mean, the one of the things that's real interesting, especially – under Shire, they are a much deeper team. You may remember, and it was a little bit under Coach K at the end, but for a while, they were a team that pretty much ran with a seven, maybe eight-man rotation. It was a very thin rotation. They leaned on their starters heavily. That's why a lot of people got angry when they didn't make deep runs in the tournament was because they felt like their guys were exhausted. It was weird. The vo- the roles kind of reversed the last few years where Carolina didn't have any depth. They were playing six. I mean, you go back to the the run to the final four. I mean, they were, they literally had t-shirts. I've got the t-shirt at home, the iron five t-shirt where you had five guys that played almost 35 minutes a game. Um, and for Duke, now they're they're a team that has a lot of depth. So it'll be interesting. There's challenges to that because that means you've got to f- be strategic about which guys you're going to use. But at the same time, I mean, it, it's probably going to help them, especially when they get later on in conference play and eventually into the tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like you said, Grace, it's going to be fun to watch some of the local teams uh, progress and play and, and have their moments this year, too which yeah. we haven't seen a lot of. I mean, we've seen, we've had periods of it, but I think this is going to be a fun, a fun season to watch that. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I like it locally for us just because it gives us more. I mean, we, we cover Duke and Carolina from the local perspective, but you do feel kind of removed from it being over here in Charlotte to, to see like the Niners and, and Queens go up again against them. It's uh, I think it's awesome. And speaking on behalf of uh, all the state fans, which I am one of them, especially in basketball, I want to see them upset an apple cart or two along the way. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. So let's go. Wouldn't wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, you don't think? Uh, it no, I mean I think the they'll time. be I think they'll be solid. I think they'll make the tournament. I just with them, I I, I just wonder where is the star power on that team? I, DJ Horn is really I'm just good for them to to but, like I said. What I want from North Carolina State this year is a to get into the tournament. But I just want to see him upset an apple cart or two along the way. That's really what I'm looking for. Well, they got Notre Dame coming up next. Ugh. All right, that's More about a 40-point win because Notre Dame. Are you a Notre Dame basketball fan, by the way? Uh, yeah, with Notre Dame, it's just <laughs> Notre Dame's playing. We're, we're about it. That's Man. just my grandfather was, my dad was. That's yeah. Well, I feel sorry for you. It's going to be a long year. Wow. Their basketball team is. Yeah, we got oh, Mike Shrewsbury is not happy with his group. He's a he's a good head coach, man. He did good things at Penn State, but man, ooh, it is not what it used to be under Mike Bray. Ooh, no, we they haven't they haven't been okay in a while. Okay, yeah, true. All right, Flounder. What else is going on in the world of sports that we need to know about? It's time for a Flounder feed to get us caught up to date on other things that are happening in the universe we call sports. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let we got to do some NFL news here, Jeff, because yesterday was a big day of official benchings. One of them involving a local guy here. And of course, I am not uh, too thrilled about it. Uh, Sam Howell benched 
in Washington in favor of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, State fans will, of course, love that. But ultimately, it was probably something that needed to happen. I don't know if it means the end of Sam Howell, but when you go six for 22 and throw, I think it was I think it was two interceptions. It might have only been one in the first half the other day. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, my guy, Tommy DeVito, gets benched officially in New York. Again, I watch, clearly I watch these games, uh, you know, against the Saints and the first half against the Eagles, he just wasn't able to move the ball. So, I mean, the pass in Paisan has to sit on the bench. He, he will turn back into who he is. I bet you know he that. doesn't go to Italy and try McDonald's. No, that's true. <laughs> oh, That's true. Uh, I'm sorry I even told that story now. I thought it would be an interesting quick story, and I think oh, you it, guys it, it it was interesting. We respect you less, way. but we, it was interesting. And then... You couldn't respect me less. That's a fair point. Uh, and then... Uh, the biggest one of the day, though, was the Broncos. Your Broncos, Jeff, choosing oh, I can't to believe we're just bench this now. It's a, it's Russell fire. Wilson. It's a dumpster fire inside of a grease pit inside of a flaming disaster. Oh, that's that's interesting. But they will go with Jared Stidham at quarterback. Uh, what Better you, quarterback than Tommy DeVito, by the way. Uh, hey, I, I mean, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Uh, you seem very irritated by Tommy DeVito as well. No, I kid. just, I, I appreciate, he seemed like a good kid that it was enjoyed fun. his 15 minutes of fame and not quite to the level of Jeremy Lin up in New York, but along As those lines. Similar-ish, yeah. Uh, now, the thing, though, Jeff, I want to ask you about the Denver situation. Is is this, like, this has to be with part of the relationship with, with Peyton and Wilson. I, I think it's worse that, like, we got a glimpse of it a couple of weeks uh, ago. I, I, think, but I, I think it goes a lot deeper, and I think they realize collectively that Russ is not the answer at quarterback at 35. Did some nice things this year, but they're not going anywhere with Russ as the quarterback. I think they're just going to eat whatever they have left to eat and try to look for the next quarterback and start to move on now and just try to get a head start on it. That's that's really, and I also think by by starting instead of these next couple of games, maybe they lose a couple of more games and they improve their draft stock a little bit too. That's a lot. How much? I mean, how much are they eating? Uh, about eighty-five million dollars. Yeah. So, but you're going to have to eat at some point. So I think their their point is we're going to eat it either way. Let's just look for our next quarterback at this point in time. Don't like the way that they've done it. Uh, George Patton, the general manager there, just keeps digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper. But look, it's, they, they, everybody wants to try and find the next quarterback, just like we are doing here in Carolina. And that's that's what Sean Payton has decided to do. And it's not going to get better anytime soon in Denver. All tell you while that. that team can still make the playoffs. Can they still? They might even no. still be able to win the division. No. Not I mean, good. they're not mathematically eliminated. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what's interesting. Is there? Well, how do you say? We I think we had this discussion earlier. It's their general manager last name. How do you say it? Patton? Is it? It's only one T. It's P A T O N. That's just a great like general Patton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patton? No. I'm not a big fan right this moment. So okay. We'll see. We'll All right, Jeff. See. That's it. All right. Uh, coming up in a moment, uh, Wes and Walker back from vacation today from noon to three. Walker's going to join us and talk a little bit about uh, what they've got coming up. Update us on what the Hornets have been doing, maybe even Queens College as well, or uh, College Queens University. We'll do it next year on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Mac and Bone will be back on Tuesday. Grace Grill, Jeff Rickard with you today. Grace classing up the place this week. We appreciate you for that, Grace. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here. I'm ex- uh, I was excited that you guys asked me to, to come on, even though it was early in the morning. Figured I'd get up and only spend it with you guys. See, this, I, this is not early. Like, this week has been a, uh, pretty, a, a relief for me because normally when I'm waking up, when my alarm goes off, normally I am pressing the on button on Max Mike and letting him do the show. Well, like, they start at what six? Yes. So wait a minute. What time? How how long is your drive into the radio station? Which what, me? Yeah, thirty minutes or so. Oh really? Oh, yes. Okay. Even in the morning with no traffic? Yes. No. That's wow. yeah. That's gen, that that's in the morning. No traffic. If I there didn't is traffic, you're so far away. Forty-five minutes or so. Yeah. So if the show starts at six, I'm guessing you roll out of the rack at about five twenty. Oh man, no. <laughs> Earlier than that, Jeff. Okay. Earlier than that. That's that good I, I got to tell you, that good would to know. be incredibly impressive. Five twenty. I got to get here and pull audio. What, what okay. are you talking? I'm just checking. I'm just checking to make. Jeff sure. thinks That's I all. literally get here right at five fifty nine, <laughs> and I'm like running in. <laughs> no, I'd never thought about it until just now. I'd never had an issue. I'd never. You've never given me a reason to think about it. The there good thing go. is that there's never really a lot of traffic at that hour. The no, greatest compliment not, I can no. give you is that you've never given me a reason to think about what you do. Why, there. thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Walker Mel here in a moment as uh, Flounder goes and gets him on the line here. He is back with Wes today from noon to three as we slowly get our uh, end of year breaks over with. As I said yesterday, Grace, the staff, so proud of them. They work so hard all year, oftentimes six, seven days a week. So we try to give them a little downtime towards the end of the year and once during nice the middle of the guys. summer, too. Yeah, they definitely earned it. Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a WFNZ listener. I appreciate that. I like the fact that you'll hear something and like text me and like, hey, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I Kyle. You have Kyle like, Bailey your own is normally the text one. Line. What's that? <laughs> you have like your own little private text line. I know. I so I was curious about how that worked when I got in here, but uh, Anthony told me that I don't have access to the text line, which is probably for my own benefit. So I appreciate him protecting me. You're doing well on the text line. I will say that. <laughs> You are doing well on the text line. Uh, here's uh, Everybody is fascinated by this, and a lot of people do the same thing that I did. They were just momentarily curious and wanted to see what was going on with a fast food chain in Europe. Uh, AJ says, funny you brought that up, Jeff. Went to a wedding in Galway, Ireland back in May, and one night after going back to the hotel late, McDonald's was the only thing open, and we all were blown away at how good it was. I just thought it was a coincidence, but right? I think the, you're right. I think 100% beef, Irish Angus beef. Yeah, at McDonald's. It's better there. It is. It's just better over there. Uh, Walker Mel joining us now, fresh off a trip back from, I think, Boone, North Carolina. Right, Walker? Oh, it, Nice call, yes. Um, but I'm also, I'm literally pulling into the parking spot here at the station. So excellent oh, okay. timing all around. <laughs> I like that. So <laughs> did, you, did you sample the local cuisine in Boone over the last few days? Uh, no, the local cuisine was basically my girlfriend's mom's cooking, and so it was really good. Um, we had some, we had a crazy leftover night last night. You know how it is with all the holiday meals getting cooked. So we had 
a nice concoction of spaghetti and meatballs, leftover brisket, and leftover pulled pork barbecue all together in Ooh. one. And so Ooh. that was my last meal. That oh, sounds like boy. a pretty good meal right stay, there. I'd stay close to the bathroom there, Walker. That might not be the greatest mix ever. Well, Oof. well I mean, I, we, we got through okay, and um, but it was, it was tasty, and I didn't really have any care in the world for what would happen the next morning. But we're all good. We're in the clear. I would think it would be okay. And again, that's the first place Flounder goes. He hears that conversation. That's the I, first place I, he thinks look, about. I am a man that has had that that has stomach issue. I take medication for it. I'm just looking out for my guy. All right. <laughs> Come Thank on. You. A little a little late. To it's be honest, getting but worse instead it. of better, Flounder. Now this is good. Stop. This is called bonding. We're learning so yeah. much about you. Okay. Uh, the West uh, Walker. One of the reasons I had you on here is uh, you do a great job with the Locked On Hornets podcast, and you help us out quite a bit on our broadcasts with the Charlotte Hornets. They're in the midst of a long West Coast road trip right now. A decent performance that came up short against the Clippers on Tuesday. They'll take on the Lakers Thursday night uh, late here. What, what does this team need to do on this West Coast trip? I think just hit shots, and it's been really hard for them to do that from deep. I mean, Jeff, I actually don't have any problem with the way they played against the Clippers. You think about it. You go up against the reigning champs at home against the Nuggets and perform really well in the first half, have the lead, and third quarter is where it all goes crazy. They only score nine points. But then it's really a respectable outcome, in my opinion, for a team that is so down bad with injuries. You go to L.A., first game is against the Clippers, and I know they don't have Kawhi Leonard, but James Harden is back to playing. He's in shape now. (laughs) And so now James Harden is playing back to at least peak Philadelphia level, fringe, all-NBA level, certain all-star. And Paul George was hitting shots left and right. Russell Westbrook off the bench. It's a really good team. And yet the Hornets, with only hitting six three-pointers, still found a way to accumulate 31 assists. And that's also without LaMelo. Like, I thought that was their best passing game without LaMelo all season long. And only, I think, nine, ten turnovers, something like that. They played well. The game plan and... I would say the play execution against the Clippers was solid. I honestly don't know if I could ask for anything else other than the shots going in from deep, and they just didn't. Only hitting six three-pointers, I think they shot something like 25%, while the Clippers shot 41. And even the Clippers' three-pointers, they were contested. I I do think James Harden just, what was he, 6 of 12? Like, there were hands in his faces. Same thing with Paul George and even the clincher in the corner. It's really just find a way to hit some shots from deep here, Jeff. And I think that is what is going to allow them to be competitive in some of these games. But we all know the task is going to be really hard for them to go in. And I don't know what the goal would be, like two wins that might be speaking you know, too highly of them. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tough all around. Hey, Walker, it's Grace. Nice to, nice to talk to you. I feel like I only seen you, see you in passing these days. But I, I thought the same thing about, about the loss to the Clippers. I mean, to, we, we've seen this Hornets team lose worse games to worse teams. So I'm like you. I I think they played them extremely well. And I've been saying this about this Hornets team is that they have proved, even without LaMelo, their top scorer, this team has proven that they, they can score and they can share the scoring and that they can compete at a high level. What is it, do you think, that this team, like with this team, that they can't, that's not getting them over the edge to pull out some of these wins? Well, again, I I think 
the the shot making has been hurtful for them offensively. If we go to the defensive side, it's really just trying to stay consistent. I, I do think they're getting better. I think one of the problems for them is not getting enough defensive rebounds. It's been a problem with Mark at times this year. He's been out, and Nick Richards, as we saw last year, is a really good offensive rebounder, but the guy just doesn't box out enough and isn't in the right situation. He actually has been a little bit more so in these last couple of games. And so can you find a way to marry shot-making and consistent defensive effort, which I think they've shown in the last two games? And if both of those things can just be put out there in one game, I know it's crazy, right? Offense and defense, good at both in one game. That's a shocker. I, that's what I would love to see, though, from the Hornets team. And uh, maybe they can get over the hump against some really good Western Conference teams they'll be playing on this road trip. Hey, the other thing, Walker, before we let you go, is we've been talking a little bit about college basketball this morning as well. And Queens and Duke are going to be playing this weekend. What can Duke expect from Queens? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this. Yes, Queens done an excellent job of scheduling. So here they have even App State, Clemson, they've played. Now it's going to be Duke. I'm, I'm happy for Grant Leonard and those guys before they really hit the conference play. I think what they can expect is a, a team that is skilled one through five. And even they're a deep team, too. Uh, they have no problem yeah. going to some of their younger guys off of the bench. And Grant Leonard trusts them. It, it, it's almost it's Roy Williams-esque in a sense that you trust your younger guys, throwing them out there early on in the season and letting them go through the growing pains because you know basketball at the end of the season matters. And that's the philosophy Grant Leonard subscribes to. I think everyone can shoot for the most part. Uh, I think you're talking about defensively. Uh, they're pretty mobile. Uh, B.J. McLaurin is, is, has gotten a lot better, and he's their center at that end. Six eight, a little undersized, but you know, strong and has gotten a lot better rebounding as well. Um, it's the backcourt, though, that is so explosive. Uh, Dayton Allberry, you know, I, I tried the radio announcer cliche nickname, calling him the Dayton Flyer. Like, that guy can get up and really slam it. He's already been on top ten this year, so he's a lot of fun. And uh, they've always had good backcourt play, so that's what you can expect. I think you can expect some explosion in the backcourt, shooting all around, and the defensive intensity will not go down one notch. I mean, they come at you in waves, and they do so all game. Sounds good. We'll look forward to hearing uh, from you and Wes later on today. Thanks for stopping by, and I uh, hope, hope your belly is full from what sounded like great food up there. So <laughs> It was. It is. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back at it here, 12 to 3. All right. Thanks very much. And, Grace, thank you again for putting up with us and, like I say, classing up the place a little bit. Uh, come back tomorrow. Do it again. Finish up the week. Let's do it. All right, sounds good. Flounder, thanks for your help this morning as well. Uh, we'll talk to you all soon. we got Fitty coming up next. Is it Fitty and Evan today, I think? And me. And you. And Shrop. Wow. Everybody. The replacements is what we call it. <laughs> That's right. Make it, make it happen, but don't lose my license, okay? We'll work on it. Uh, okay. All right. Sounds good. Grace, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.